and welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu, and I am joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. We got a game in an hour. Oh, so yeah. It's a unique circumstance. We got five games this week. We have five games this week. Yeah. Big week for the Raptors. That's what, that's what people wanted to see yeah. is, is five games of the Toronto <laughs> Raptors. Will they trail? Will they trail eighteen three to start every game? Yeah. Well, can that's I, what happened can I against Atlanta. On Bet Rivers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Five games. I'm predicting what one and four record. By the way. Yeah. Damn. How about you? <laughs> uh, Big predictions up top. You know, sports. I think for me, um, obviously, I was at the game on the weekend where the Raptors lost to the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentioned, they were down eighteen to two. Um, oh, it was 18-2? 18-2. Oh, my yeah, apologies. Yeah, three, my apologies three. to the Hawks. It yeah. was 20-3. to three. Oh, Okay, yes. afterwards. Okay, my okay. apologies. Hard um, to keep track. Happens every other game. Yeah, for real. Um, but even just like watching through the film on that, because obviously I, I, I saw it in person, but sometimes you go back on the film, you see some of the misreads and stuff like that. And just in the first four plays alone, you had Gary Trent Jr. coming off a screen, forcing a contested mid-range shot, missing the shot, and instead of getting back on defense, he, like, jumps in to try to swipe the pass uh, back to Trey Young and commits a foul. This is, like, his very first possession of the game. Then it was O.J. Anobi's first possessions of the game. You notice this recently where they always just give him the ball in the post mm. for the first two possessions. Sometimes it works when they play the Charlotte Hornets. It was working. They did it against the Hawks. The first play, he missed a contested jumper, also from the mid-range. Then the next play, he tried to throw a cross-court pass. It got picked off. Um so that was bad. And then Fred Van Vliet then takes his turn. He's like, all right, my turn. Has John Collins ISOed, which is not an advantage for the Raptors, especially if Fred was having a bad back that day, which apparently he was. Apparently he wasn't. Who knows? But, mm. I mean, bad back doesn't mean bad judgment. Bad judgment Damn. was driving against John Collins from the corner and trying to, like, it, literally he tried to throw in, like, a sky hook, like a sweeping hook shot. Mm. A guy who's, like, 5'10", trying to do that against a very athletic 6'9 forward. Thinks he's you. Okay, all right. But my point is, like, that cannot be how and you that open was, the And game. that was to open the game. That was how that was how they opened the game. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's tough times for the Raptors. I mean, obviously, they won three straight. They played basketball well as a team. <laughs> I thought they, you were going to just stop there. <laughs> they played basketball. Yeah. But, for three uh, games. But then, yeah, you know, um, and then you see this kind of struggle. Yeah, we were trying on, to be optimistic on Friday, too. Oh, the vibes were... Immaculate think, on Friday. Okay, I wouldn't go that far, but okay. I think we're trying to to pull out the positives and, and silver linings off the three-game win streak. And mm. I know Savannah was here talking about how she needed to see it for, for a couple more games. Yeah. And yeah. she was absolutely correct. <laughs> I think everybody was correct um, yeah. to, to say, I've, I think a lot of people call it kind of like just like fool's gold for them to like beat the Hornets twice and all that. Like, Listen, you, you play whatever's on the schedule, but mm. coming out of this homestand which was a, a do or die yeah. homestand yeah they go three and three which is almost so, like you died like no offense <laughs> but it's almost like you died yeah you gotta press continue on the video game you gotta put in more coins yeah. they needed to go six and oh in this homestand i said it before the homestand <laughs> well it and... wasn't gonna happen you knew that do you see this team has this team shown you anything to be able to pull together kind of just prolong no. sustain no, no, no. Run, but right? you, you essentially needed to see some sort of miraculous yes. performance from them in order to keep the team together, and instead you saw... Well, it started miraculously, kind of, 
with the Milwaukee game. That was not a miracle, man. It was a near that miracle. Was, that was the game of the season. When we look back on this year and it's like, you know, hey, uh, what were some of the defining moments? That's going to be one. Shooting 2 of 30 from the field to start the, the game was a defining moment for me. It was like, you know what? They're really struggling. And a lot of those were open shots. I think they lamented the day after. They're like, I can't believe we missed so many shots. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I can believe that. Like, this is like <laughs> the, the, the ethos of the team at this point. But that game, mm. they needed to take. It was on the table. No, no matter what you think of the Milwaukee Bucks, they've been really struggling. They also mm-hmm. have a really bad offense, which we saw in that game, and the Raptors couldn't take care of business there. And then they don't show up against the Knicks, which just to me was – I mean, honestly, how do you let Julius Randle come into your gym and throw up like six of the worst threes Yo, you've seen? He passed Bernard and, King on the Knicks all-time scoring list yesterday. Yeah, so. see, like – we 41 gotta, points. Yeah, records – just stop breaking records, okay? I, it's a lot of a uh, lot of inflation with stats. I feel like these days. Sure, but. but I mean, to be honest, it's also like you have your defensive player of the year candidate supposedly with OJ Anobi. Oh, that's going right. up against Julius Randle, and he knocks down twenty points in the first quarter. We'll see if that happens. By the way, in in an hour or so, actually, that's that might actually just repeat in, itself in fifty five minutes. Um, but you know, like you don't win that one. Yep. So they dropped the you first beat, two. You beat Portland, which was which is a good game. Um, sure. You know, Dame was was going off. It was a hotly contested one. You you. Pulled out this new bench rotation. It worked out. That was a good game. You beat Charlotte back-to-back. I thought they played re- really nice basketball. You had 30-plus assists in both those games. That was good. And you're thinking, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe you go into this weekend against Atlanta, who were coming in on the second half of a back-to-back. They're missing their six-man uh, in Bogdanovich. They're missing their starting center in Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. The Raptors are at home for, like, two weeks straight now. Yeah. They've had so many practices. Like, there were years in the past where – you know, when we were covering the team during the championship season or even the year afterwards, the Raptors would cancel practice, like, consistently. We'd always get the alert of, like, practice is going to be at 11, come for 11.30, and right. then we just get this follow-up alert, like, actually, no, practice is canceled, Yeah, because right? they would ask Kawhi, and Kawhi would be like, no, we're good. Yeah. yeah. Well, this... Two weeks. This past week, yeah, the Raptors practice. played three games and practiced four times. Yeah. Okay, so... It's you a lot know, to work on. That was, there was literally days where I was just in OVO every single, you know... Um, occasion essentially yeah. to go talk to the team and stuff, and it was just like day and they, night. They're really trying to sort of put something together here, build some sort of momentum, or at least trying to like squeeze one last thing out of this team. Mm-hmm. And then they go in Atlanta and they do that, and they get down eighteen to two. And it's just like everyone kind of already knows that this team is like really just like ready to be broken up. Mm-hmm. Um, for the people that are holding out hope, there's not reason not to hope in the team and the future of the team. It's just like the current mix just isn't working. And I think the homestand was supposed to show you if they had some fight left in them, and they fought. But to me, it's like you can fight, but it still might not work. You know what I mean? Like even that Atlanta game, they fought. They'll come back into that game multiple times, but it's just not kind of working. Right? Yeah, we've seen this over and over again. I think we, I think the Atlanta game was was really reflective of just the type of game that we've seen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, we talked about the slow start, talked about Fred struggling on both ends of the floor, and you know, found out after he was dealing with the lower back soreness like they weren't able to get every starter clicking what else on this list like terrible first half defense right gave up 69 mm-hmm. points we've seen that over like i i think back to even early in the season when they gave up like 60 plus to okc on the road was it i, a, think. I thought it was 70 was it, it okay oh my bad my bad once half. again yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah my, my apologies to mark dagno um but yeah i think things all went down to when we spent an hour being like will shay come to the raptors <laughs> And now I see uh, everybody being like, we should send Pascal to OKC. That's what the Thunder fans are saying. Yeah, um, that's fair. They do have a lot yeah, of Yeah, I see a lot of photoshops now. I've seen Pascal photoshopped onto a Suns uniform. 
for what? I saw OG in a Warriors uniform. We'll talk about that more later. But yeah. three-point shooting, 7 of 29 mm. from three. Yeah. I don't even know how many provinces Matt Devlin's been able to shout out this season. <laughs> I was going to say that. Matt Devlin's <laughs> got a shout out just like Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> He's like down, the downtown core. Oh, uh, slow start to the third quarter. Because they made a bit of a, yeah. they made a little comeback in the, to the end sure, the first half. Sure. Like, I mean, look, listen, it's hard to make a comeback when you don't really play defense with any urgency, <sighs> yeah. which is what happened in the first half. Like they try to come back, but you know their their defense was just sort of all out of sorts. Mm-hmm. And then you had Nick searching for answers again, like just trying to find a five man lineup that mm-hmm. that worked. And he benched Fred and Gary for most of the fourth quarter, right? Yep. Went with and that by bigger the way, that, lineup. that might be the, one of the first times we've seen Nick actually bench Fred. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't even commit to it when Pascal fouled oh, out. That's right. Because he was well, like, what you were know his what? other options, though? Would you have liked to see someone else? You know what? That's fair. But all, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Gary. <sighs> it wasn't like Gary was playing any better, but. Yeah. And then they nasty. couldn't, you know, signs of life in the fourth. You know, I think Chris had a nice little push for the Raptors. A couple yeah, threes, energy yeah. plays. Happy 30th birthday to yeah. Chris. Honestly, when Chris turned 30, because he his his birthday was one of the four days of the Raptors practice this past week. By the way, I was looking at it because um, we'll get to this clip later, but, but Nick Nurse was snapping, but um, there was a stretch there for, I think, 10 straight days where the Raptors either practiced or played the game during mm-hmm. this homestand. 10 straight days, which means that Nick Nurse went to 15 media availabilities because he speaks pregame and, of course, postgame, and he is obligated to speak uh, for every practice as well. So when you put together five practices, mm. that's five times speaking, then five games, that's another 10 appearances. Right. He had 15 times where he had to answer questions in the span of nine days. <laughs> nine. And whatever, man, answer some questions. Who cares? But like also at the same time, like, damn, what, what more do you want from Nick? He's getting interrogated, man. Yeah. Um, so anyway, one of those days, Chris was at practice and he was like, yeah, it's my birthday. And I was like, oh, happy birthday, Chris. How old are you turning? He's like 30. And I'm like, what? That's the same. That one caught me by surprise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because we always look at Chris as like... One of the, one of the young dudes. guys, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, so, 30 could be young, you know? 30, no, 30 is still relatively young. Yeah, sure. Yeah, speaking of young, you know, and, and you know, every game now, Thad Young's not sure if he's going to play. Like, I feel like he just plays every other game now. Uh, How did he find himself out of the rotation? You think Nick is just looking for different combinations well, off the bench? It's, it's, a, it's a bit concerning that, you know, Nick went to, he's now consistently playing five bench players. Mm. Right, he's he's giving Wancho time, he's giving uh, Christian time. Precious and Chris should be bench players consistently for you anyway. And then Malachi's got extended run as well. That's five bench players, and, and Thad's still not one of those guys. And, and I think part of it is it was working nicely in terms of like, okay, you have, um, you know, this sort of big back or big like front court that you can put in the back there where you can kind of block shots and control possession with Chris and Precious. That was also one of the issues in the Suns game was just like. I didn't want to isolate anybody because it felt like everybody wasn't doing their job to start the game. Eventually, as the game went on, I thought Pascal sort of found his footing. I thought, uh, obviously, Scotty had a strong performance as well, especially him coming on strong. Yeah, shout out to Scotty, you know, 27 points, 12 yeah. rebounds, three steals, a block, got to the free throw line 10 yeah. times. No, absolutely. One of the I, best games of the year for him. Sure, for sure. And he was very aggressive, and, and he really got himself into the game. But, you know, at the start of the game, when you when you really want to initiate, like, just control the tempo or control the outcome of the game, especially at home, you had guys who just came in and just, you know, in the case of the guards, Fred and Gary weren't really containing the ball on one end. Obviously, that was more Fred, but, you know, both of those guys were not doing much defensively, and also they were taking bad shots offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't really think the Raptors were in position a lot of times to defend, right? The Raptors, like, first possession, they switched to a zone after a timeout. 
um, the Hawks got a backdoor cut for dunk. And it's like your whole point of your zone is to protect the basket. Mm. Like, come on, you can't just let that happen. Uh, and then, yeah, with Chris and Precious in particular, I was disappointed because when they came in to bring in some energy, the, the Hawks were able to, even though they missed a lot of shots, they were able to win a lot of those possessions because they were able to just get on the glass and they were getting outworked. And it's just like fundamentally, you guys are hustle guys. Like mm-hmm. you cannot get outworked. That just meant you just didn't do your job. Yeah, for the, the, day. the you know try I mean? hard team has stopped trying hard. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Um, but in, in terms of Thad, I mean, I, I mean, I guess you could have Wancho's minutes. You want, you want, you want sixty minutes of Thad instead of Wancho. I mean, I guess it just doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. gonna fight with you about Wancho and Thad Young. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. No, they got cooked by uh, by. DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. By the way, someone called them De- DeJounte. That's their nickname. We they need, don't yo, deserve a no nickname, No more nicknames. Man. What? No, come on, You don't man. deserve a nickname if your coach openly said, I considered resigning. <laughs> it's just one of the funniest things. Nate McMillan coming out. I think it was a Shams who wrote the story. How, how long has Nate McMillan coached too, man? It's probably like 30 years. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, this is like a second year, right? Like second full year in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just disappointing to lose the Hawks too because the Hawks are like, you know, one of those middling teams and they've got their own issues and you talked about the injuries and I love all the reports too of John Collins, like the trade rumors around him. Like a week ago, it was they're asking for the Rudy Gobert package. Oh. And then and then yesterday I saw one that said, uh, they're just looking for a shooting big in exchange. <laughs> so the asking price has been lowered in seven days from four first rounders, like two pick swaps to a, a big who can shoot. They're so. like, we're trying to trade John Collins for a functional John Collins. If you, if you have one of those John Collins around. Like, this is like a whole separate topic, but I, but I do feel like the trades of like the, like the DeJounte Murray trade and the Rudy Gobert trade, it's got everybody... That's going to market, trying to sell their players or trying to trade their players, trying to get that package. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, too, because I, I think for a lot of teams in the league, like, they've already made their all-in moves. So they don't mm-hmm. even have the capacity to add some of those pieces. That's why you think when you're sort of making these sort of hypothetical trades, you're looking at teams like, you know, New Orleans, for example, who have actually not just kept their own picks, but also received surplus picks from other previous trades. Obviously, this one being the Anthony Davis one, where they're able to sort of acquire other assets. So, um yeah, I, I mean, look, listen, I, I think it's fairly clear which way the Raptors should go. Um, by the way, you know, after the Hawks game, you know, a little, little scoop for you. Oh, okay. It's, it's not even a scoop. This is, I, I, I was in the oh, tunnel oh, post game. Okay, no need to Looking for this. a quiet yeah. room to, uh, to, to find, you know, an area to record yeah. the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I was like walking past the, the Raptors locker room and I was like, oh, that's beside talking to Rich Paul. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, interesting. You know, hey, but then Rich I was Paul talking about the him. building. Oh yeah, I guess he's got some Raptors clients. Oh, he, he's Probably got Hawks. four clients on the Raptors. You didn't realize Raptors have four clutch guys. Christian Coloco, which you told me last week. Yeah. OG. Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse. And uh, and Gary. Trent. Gary as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Make with that what you will, but you know, <laughs> big I'm, scoops. That's, that's the scoop. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was looking again to produce my own show. So yeah. No, that's um. No, that's wild. Yeah. I don't know. I think. Yeah. I mean. How many more days until the trade deadline? Um, less than a month. Five. Less than a month. Yeah, we're almost there. Twenty-four days until the trade deadline. So they're nineteen and twenty-four on the season now, and ten of their next twelve are, are on the road. Mm. And I'll have you know that the Raptors have won four times on the road. Only four. You know, season, I, also, I believe. Let me double check. Might be five. I was yeah. watching. Um, I was watching the Warriors yesterday because. Um, yeah. You know, they, they were playing the Bulls. It was an early afternoon game. So yeah. I was did, like, you, did you gamble that game? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. I just like basketball. Uh, five road wins. My apologies oh, to five. Nick Nurse and the organization. Okay, yeah. Five good. and 13. Yeah. Um, but 
so I was watching the Warriors game, and, you know, they were losing. Nick Vucevic had, like, an incredible game, and the Warriors were down, like, big early mm-hmm. in the game, right? And I was thinking back to when Nick was at practice, and he was saying, like, you know, I know you guys watch the rest of the league. Like, a lot of teams get down big early in the game. And I was like, you know what? Fair. You know what? To watch the reigning champions come into Chicago and give up, like, a, it was they were down, like, 20 to 4 or something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I was like, okay, this does happen, right? And they were trying to claw back, claw back, and it just wasn't happening. Ultimately, they'll lose the game, whatever. Um, but at one point, the Warriors broadcast put up a, a graphic mm. towards the end when it was pretty clear that Chicago was going to win. And the Warriors are 1-10 on the road against Eastern Oh, Conference I know this opponents. stat. The only, the only game that they won was here. When <laughs> and they, I was like, God when they run the When they ran the Draymond Green, Jermichael Green pick and roll. <laughs> Why yeah. are we the one? No, I, I definitely oh, saw man. that stat as well. That's tough. You know the two teams in the NBA that have less road wins than the Raptors? There's two teams. There are? Yeah. Detroit? Wait, Detroit has more road wins than the Raptors? Yeah, the Pistons are 6-19 six, six and 19 on the road. Nobody in the Eastern Conference has oh, less road wins They haven't even played in Toronto Raptors. yet. No, the two teams with four wins on the road are, are your Golden State Warriors uh-huh, yeah. and the Houston Rockets. Yeah, Eric Gordon's Houston Rockets. Uh, Eric Gordon's hilarious, man. He's just been there the whole time with a circular hope, face. I hope they ship him to, like, another rebuilding team. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, trade like, him to Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, They're like, like, hey, your job here is like, to, to babysit uh, Like, E, Kelly we, we finally got a trade for you. You're heading to Charlotte. <laughs> You'd probably be happy. That's slightly better than uh, Houston, honestly. But you did reference Nick Nurse. He was at practice yesterday, and a lot of the questions were focused on the team's inconsistency so far this season and their effort level. So at the start of his media availability, he was asked about that, and here's what he had to say. You talked about inconsistency of effort. Um, what do you attribute that to? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't really have an answer for you. I think if you talk to these guys, they would all tell you that they're... How, how do you evaluate effort? These guys would all say, I assume, that they're giving it 100% every time they're on the court. How do you decide if, if that's true? Well, we've got a bunch of uh, accountability factors that we that we you know look at and take into consideration. But even some of those you can score very high on, I think, and not have the greatest energy in the world. I think I think the energy uh, vibe is certainly off, no doubt about it. The energy vibe. No, it's interesting. Even them. You know, I know every team tracks all of these like hustle stats and things yeah. like that. But he's Remember, like, we we went through this whole like, the Raptors have a defensive box score thing. Yeah. So, oh, that's right. That's right. Eagles. But but um, spreading arms on defense. Yeah. But even like even Nick is saying like aside from that, you know, it doesn't matter if the <laughs> he's if, a, if he's, the steals and the whatever it is, you know, the Eagles. Are, he's just you know yeah. the energy level is not there. I mean, like pretty damning comments. I, I know, and, and I know they're I know. not. I don't think they're surprising at all. I think we've been, no, talk, I mean, we've we been can, talking we can about see it. Yeah. We can see it. And like, we've been talking about this all season, but I still think it's pretty damning for, you know, the head coach to, well, I mean, he started with saying he just, he has no answers. Like he doesn't know. Yeah. And I think he's at the point too. If you think about the whole season, the film sessions and like the one-on-one meetings and stuff, yeah. like at some point it's just on the players. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I think, even to something like the fact that they've called practice like five straight opportunities where they've had chances to practice, right? Again, like literally we would go entire months without them mm-hmm. practicing five times. Yeah. Like formally practicing. Yeah, you know that I mean? 2019 like, team, that was a veteran team too, right? Oh, of course, of course. Whereas, I, I, no, no, I, I just I mean get like what you're this saying. is how far we've fallen. We've, we've no, called I, practice I five straight times. I get what you're saying. Okay. 
Thad Young, and they're getting extra threes. I'm like, why? <laughs> why am I doing this? But that ice tub is like again. <laughs> they're like, we didn't even have enough time to, for the ice to freeze from last time. No, you got to wait for the. No, they're the, getting the their, they're getting form. their money's worth on that ice tub. Oh man. Um, but the no, ROI but on that is wild. Man. So for for this team, like they've had a team meeting. Mm-hmm. They've had Masai come in to speak to individual players. Mm-hmm. They've had Nick go through these extensive talks with the, with the players. They skipped and, warm-ups before the Phoenix game to have the film session. They had a film session, a heated film session, when Nick was like, the only voice in there was mine <laughs> for 20 <laughs> minutes. All right, They were listening to a Nick Nurse React pod. And then you still have these lifeless performances. Like I don't, I don't know how much you can really do to continue reaching them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think that's where... For the individual players, they probably just need like either a change of scenery or like I don't know what else you would like. What other like opportunities can you really do to jar them? Yeah, they've had so many opportunities to just come together, right? Like come yeah, together yeah, sure. and then actually play yeah. towards a common goal, which is uh, as you know on the Noah scoreboard is win. Yeah. Yes, that's and, that's all it says on there ever. It's just yeah. win. No, they didn't maybe gotta, when they start tanking, it'll just say lose. <laughs> I'm surprised no one's photoshopped it to say tank, uh, given all the photoshops. You know what? Let's do that. But no, they should take the they should take the 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 win off for now. But yeah, Nick Nick was also asked. He you know reporters continue to ask. He was also asked about the just the lack of collective uh, energy to start games. And here's what he had to say. Standpoint, they continue to get here, work really hard, both individually and as a team, and focused and all that kind of stuff. There's there's uh, just been a few too many nights where. There just doesn't seem to be a collective energy when we hit the floor. Like, like that happens, right? Like, we get those we get those every season. Every team gets them. I mean, I know you guys watch the rest of the league and watch these really good teams get blown out by 35. Like, once every two weeks. You guys, I know you watch them. I know you don't expect us to never have that happen to us. I know that, right? It just seems like our collective energy where... It's not there at all, and we have one of those nights. Is is more like it's not great, and we're trying to find it so bad, and we kind of do, and we kind of hang around, and it just isn't enough to kind of get us over the hump some nights, right? Okay. Yeah, Nick essentially calling us. <laughs> he's like, I know you're a ball knower because uh, you watch the rest of the league, right? I mean, well, no, it's fair. I mean, like even watching the Warriors, or for example, it was for perspective, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, obviously, that's the reigning champs, and they're under 500 right now. Yeah, but had injuries, but like, come I don't on. think that should be an excuse. And like, you, you use the Warriors as a comparison. You know how you can come back when you dig yourself these double-digit holes? Yeah, threes. You yeah. know, well, and yeah. by the way, the Warriors I think made twenty-one threes last night. But this is what, this is what I'm saying. Like, th- this team is not built to come from behind. Uh, no, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> no. I don't know how many teams well, I mean, are, but I mean, like, they're not the most ideally built team to be no, to be able to we, make these. We do comments. come from behind. We just don't like. Start getting hot from three. We just start full court pressing from, you when you think the game is over and catching you yeah, by surprise. Yeah, coming from behind is going from 19 down to, to covering the spread and, yeah. like, you know, losing by seven or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, and then, yeah, and then at the, you know, Nick Nick was talked about all of this stuff for, for about five minutes. And then at the end, he was asked, he was asked another question about effort. And here was his reaction. When we're talking about effort, is it? Come on, man. No more effort. No more effort questions. Go ahead. You guys good? Yeah, and then he walked off. Yeah, and then he walked off. But like you said, like you said, the context, obviously, he was answering questions over and over for the five minutes. He he answered like five straight questions. And you mentioned the the 15 interrogation (laughs) sessions over the last two weeks. Add in the fact that the team is is terrible right now. And he can't obviously say that. He can't just be like, hey, my team sucks. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, Which I think would actually answer a lot of this stuff. 
Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, it's just like, you know, I, I do feel bad for Nick because, you know, like, like, like I said, the last 10 days, he's had 15 media sessions, right? And there's only so much you can really say about certain things, especially because, you know, again, he can't tell us everything. Um, that's where I'm just like, I do feel like, even though obviously I know this is a busy time of year, I know Masai was just over, you know, overseas scouting, right? Oh, watching, you, want, you want the press? Watching Wemby and stuff like that. You no, I just presser. mean like, some of these questions should not be necessarily going to Nick all the time. Sure. Like, some sure. of the stuff you can't really expect him to answer. Like, one of the pregame pressers, someone asked him like, hey, Nick, do you have alignment with Bobby and Masai? And it's mm-hmm. like, yo, he's got to like figure out how to beat the Charlotte Hornets that night, not like answer questions yeah, about I don't think, I don't think the front it, office. It's even that. I think it's it does put the head coach in a... Like, he's not going to say if things are not aligned. What's he sure. supposed to say, yeah, too? Well, he right? just you know said, I mean? yep, we're all good. And then he walked off. One yeah. of those things. But yeah. it's just like, you know, I get it. Like, obviously, he's facing a lot of heat. Some mm-hmm. of it's deserved. Some of it's not deserved. Like, I thought he could have managed the Hawks game better. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I said, some of his players are also underperforming. Like, you look at the backcourt. Everyone's to blame. Everyone's yeah, to blame. Everyone has players, a share of blame. front office coaches yeah and they can all look at each other and feel like the other person's not picking up you know the other group is yeah. not picking up the slack right now that's that but that's that's kind of a bad culture though isn't it when well, you when you when you like, i think everyone's got to take individual accountability and work towards the goal and sacrifice towards the goal but i think when things are losing people are just kind of like how can i get mine in this situation and make sure i'm not at fault or i still walk out of this okay yeah but this that's is like that's where the team itself doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily get served you know, but and I that, think that's that, how that's how the Hawks game happens. Like that's mm-hmm. probably a conversation that people on the Hawks side have had about their team. Sure, they're also like another really disappointing team. Now they've like strung together a couple of wins, but I don't believe that team. I'm not that impressed. And it's just like at the same time though, like they have these issues and they still came in and just smacked up the Raptors. Yeah, and sometimes like, it's just you know on, you talk man. so much about energy, effort, and all this stuff. Sometimes you just got to look at the talent on the roster and how it's performing too, right? Like you talk that's, about the that's point. a front office thing. That's right, not, right, right. But that's what that's I'm not saying. Nick Nurse yeah, speaks that, to the media but, ten but that, straight days. But that's what I'm saying, though, right? It's like if you talk about collective blame, like you can easily just look at the Atlanta game and probably point the other games and point out, like you look at like a Julius Randle or like even on Saturday, like Trey Young and Dejounte Murray won that game for them, right? They stepped up. They played sure, great yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, like where are the Raptors going to get those performances? Like you think of like Pascal with with the fifty two. And, you know, there's been occasions where Scotty, you know, Gary OG have had their games, but there just hasn't been that consistency there, right? So at some yeah. point you have to look at the talent of the team and just be honest with that too, of is the talent level enough? And there's just a lot of things going on with this team. Like when you're asking a lot of guys and some of them heading into contract years and some of them still trying to find their roles, some of them wanting more touches, mm. It's hard to ask guys to fill those roles and not try to think about wanting more for themselves when you're losing. Exactly. When you're you losing. Know what I when mean? it's winning, everyone can kind of yeah. can, like sacrifice towards You talk goal. about the Warriors. Like the Warriors are a good comp like years ago when like Andre Iguodala was being asked to come off the bench during sure. their, cha- yeah, yeah, yeah. their first championship year. And he was very open about it after winning the championship and said that like he only accepted it because the team was doing well. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. So, like, if you're a younger player and if you want to point to someone like Gary or if you want to look at Fred, who's in his contract year, all this stuff, like, even OG, we heard the whispers before the start of the season yeah. about him wanting more touches. Mm. And and you see him trying to take a bigger role, oh, like, year take, to year on offense, out, right? out of the rhythm of the offense. Right. So, and I don't think those are necessarily criticisms. That's honestly just human nature with the NBA. Like guys sure, yeah. reach certain points in their careers yeah. where they're going to have to put some of those interests ahead of the team. And the challenge for the front office, challenge for the coaches, for any organization is try to 
mesh that together, right? Yeah. Like the individual goals with the team goals. And I don't know, maybe we can talk about it in the second segment, but now I'm thinking more about last year. I'm like, damn, was last year a mirage then? Like the fact that this group was able to get to 48? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, coming into last, coming to this season, my, my whole thing was let's improve on last year. And that's the Raptors thing as well, mm-hmm. you know? And the fact that we're at a point where it's like, damn, can we get back to last year? It's, it makes it a little bit, uh, Put things in perspective, like just how, how poorly the Raptors have played. But listen, who knows? Maybe they uh, they come out in the next 30 minutes and get another win. But, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> we're going to take a break right here, though. I've been your host, Willu. That's Alex Wong. You're listening to the Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Swim Lou. Continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Um, we're recapping just kind of what's gone wrong with the Raptors season. Um, there's a lot of it, to be honest. And, you know, even though the Raptors did have that three-game win streak, it, all it takes is just one disappointing performance to sort of bring back that rush of, like, you know, this this year just hasn't been great. So. Yeah, when's the last impressive win? When's the last win? Uh, Cleveland? Cleveland. Right? What about before um, that, then? Maybe, Dallas? Maybe being the Knicks last time they were at MSG. Right. Yeah, that was a good but, individual But that was before the Cleveland win. Yeah. So. It's been few and far. In between, is that how to say it? Was Portland impressive? Did you did you find it impressive that they beat? Not Portland? really. I mean, Portland's been sliding, right? Sliding away. <laughs> yeah, they've been sliding away. Shows to the shows to the live listeners. Yeah. Twenty six minutes uh, ish from tip off. <laughs> right. You got the countdown clock? No, no, no. We okay. Good. So, uh, in other Raptors news, CJ McCollum, uh, New Orleans Pelicans guard. Mm-hmm. slash podcaster. And I guess I've been made aware he's part of the Players Association. Uh, isn't he Vice, the president? The president or, or the VP. One so the he VPs, was on yeah. he was on his uh he was on ESPN, I think it was his podcast, and he just had a quick comment ab- about the Raptors, which which caught a lot of people's attention. Um here's what he had to say. I think in terms of what they need or what they're lacking, something's gonna happen. I don't know what. There's rumblings about certain players on the team not being happy and due to tampering. I can't speak to that, but right. I think they're gonna they're gonna move someone. So obviously an interesting comment, but I, I don't know why I laugh every time I hear due to tampering. <laughs> I'm gonna start using that from now on. I just think it's such uh, a good way to like couch a statement before you don't say anything. Due to it's tampering. Like, <laughs> yes, thank you, Brendan. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, due to tampering, I can't speak on this, but the Raptors are are, are unhappy mm. right now. Listen, due not to tampering, not, not a surprise, right? Any reactions to this comment? Uh, yeah, not a surprise. Um, I, I did see a lot of pushback online of people being like, "How could a member of the Players Association in a leadership position 
be speaking on the Raptors in this way. First of all, one of the leaders of the Players Association is Kyrie. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let me just say that yeah, about the association. Fair, yeah. fair. Um, I mean, I think he's just kind of stating the obvious. And there's also a lot of noise out there already. So it's like once it hits public domain, then like I don't really see an issue for players to sort of speak on it. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's not surprising. Uh, and at the same time, I honestly think that like most of the fan base is right now in on a situation where they're like, let's look to see what they can do in terms of at the trade deadline and sort of meet, move some pieces around. And of course, not just at the deadline, because the deadline itself is, is one thing, but it's I think the bigger moves when you're thinking about moving some franchise, like core pieces probably will happen in the off season. Although, I don't know, who knows? Maybe we'll see some action to the trade deadline. It really just depends on sort of what options are out there. Um, but yeah, for people who are in that camp of like wanting to see the Raptors uh, rebuild and, and move some pieces around. This got be good news for them, no? Yeah, and and I think it's interesting that McCollum was the one who who made the comments because I feel like New Orleans is one of those teams who might be in the market mm. to to upgrade, right? Sure, yeah, and, and be yeah. a trade partner with the Raptors. I know we were studying Dyson Daniels as a basketball reference page. Well, we, before we, coming on, obviously, air. we saw Dyson Daniels just you know destroy the Raptors when the Raptors played the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, you know, when the Raptors were in New Orleans. Fred got ejected from that game. Yeah. Early in the this third This was quarter. when they got blown out and then yeah. they flew to Brooklyn and got blown tampering. out. Oh, that, oh, man. <laughs> Maybe that's when the tampering happened. But, um, yeah, we, we did see Dyson Daniels have, like, a really nice performance. Almost mm-hmm. had a triple-double that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still, I think he's only 19, um, but uh, was obviously a high lottery pick, was the eighth overall pick. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. If if that's the direction you want to move, like if you really want to completely rescale and tear down, I think that's the other question, right? It's like, do you mm-hmm. rebuild around Pascal and sort of help his competitive window here? And obviously there are some win now pieces on the team, but can you sort of get them to sort of fit a little bit better by sort of getting other ones in here? Mm. Um, or do you go into the other direction where you rebuild and you sort of pivot towards like being really, really young? You know, and lead heavily towards the Scotty core. Right, like build around Scotty. Yeah, and, and I, I see merit in both things. I mean, for me personally, I, I, I'm i personally on, like, let's try to build around Pascal. Mm-hmm. Like, the one guy I do feel bad about is just, like, you know, watching Pascal. Scotty, Barnes. Yeah, well. <laughs> Where did that go from? Shout out to that, You know, honestly, Serge gave us one of the best parts of this season, and uh, he's not even on the team anymore. He's he, We showed him a tribute video. He wasn't even in the arena. That should be the drop whenever Scotty scores. <laughs> it's, that, Scotty, Barnes. You, you, don't, want, you don't want it's your boy? No, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I know. Jay-Z is sacred. Yeah, I know. I Jay-Z's you. not for Gen Z. Um, um, but yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I, got, I think for, yeah. for so me, you're, you're I, on I personally, the I, I want to keep building around yeah. Pascal. I want to put wind out pieces around him. Like, mm-hmm. when you hear him speak and the positivity and the work that he's showing, yeah. like, that's, to me, like, you do all this tanking kind of stuff to get a player on his level or get a player with the talent to get to his level. So what is the point of dashing him right now? Um, so I want to at least put some pieces around him to sort of make that work. Not to say that, like, you trade all the young guys and go fully all in because no one will go all in on a team that's like five, six games under 500 right now. Maybe this front office. No, 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 please. They're please built different. No, no, they're not built different, man. We just, by the way, we just worked it out. I think the management, when you factor in the president and Masai. Oh, yeah, this is, Bobby, a, this is our pocket watching segment. And, and, yeah. the, uh, and the head coach. In, will Lou pocket watcher. And Nick, I think they make close to, like, they're, they're probably approaching 30. 
Yeah, they're a Tyler Hero. They can match a Tyler Hero trade. Fred's like, can you guys pay me what you guys make? And they're like, no. Someone Photoshop Bobby Masai Nick in a trade machine. I'm just saying. Like, do we know how much Masai makes, by the way? Not to pocket not, watch not, again. Not, they not they don't conf- disclose the term. No, right? it's not It's not disclosed. But okay. uh, yeah, I think people can sort of put that together. Yeah. He, I, but, think he, I think they did say he's like the highest paid executive. Right. Or, you know, I guess up there. I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, he, he's got to be. And and looks his his body of work deserves that. Like, you literally mm-hmm. look at the totality of his career, obviously. We don't need to explain that portion. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, my point is just, like, with this with this team, for me, I'd still want to put pieces around Pascal. Right. Um, but I, I totally understand that the front office says, I want to go completely in a different direction and just put all our eggs into the future basket. And maybe we just lose for two to three years. I mean, it will go against the ethos of this team for the majority of this entire tenure. Yeah, but this is a, you know, this is a different decision now. Face This is a, yeah. this is a difficult decision to face yeah. him. You talk about wanting to to build win now around Pascal. And I think, you know, obviously the other issue is, you know, he'll be up for a new contract after next season. Yeah. So if you're looking at That's the roster, with me. I don't care. if you're looking at the roster the way it is now, and, and I think the other thing we don't maybe talk about as much, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, when you hear a comment like that from, from CJ McCollum, and, you know, I can't elaborate on that due to tampering, but it's like, like, we have to think about it from the other side too, mm-hmm. in terms of do the players want to stay, right? Because I think so yeah, much yeah. of the conversation is oh, always, yeah. you know, does the team want to move forward with Gary Tran Jr.? Does the team want to move forward with, with OG? Does the team want to build around Pascal long-term? You got to think about too, like when Gary hits free agency, is he happy with his role here? Yeah. Like, does, does, does he think that this is the best situation for him long-term. And the scary part about thinking about building around Pascal is like you you are on the clock because it's not like, you know, based on Pascal's age and based on his contract, it's not like you can... It's not like you can tear it down and then say, give yourself like a four-year runway Mm -hmm. to build it back up, right? Sure. So if you're thinking about Pascal, it's like how many players on the roster right now are you like, okay, I'm happy moving forward with these guys. These are win-now pieces for me with Pascal. Well, I mean, I think on paper, like, OG, Fred, Gary, even Scotty are all, mm-hmm. like, ready to win Their now, names are. But they're just not, they're not, like, cohesive right <laughs> now. So that's the whole right starting now. lineup. No, they're not cohesive right now. Yeah. So unless you find a way for them to actually work together as a team yeah. like they did last year, then you need to get other pieces. It's not to say that they don't have the ability to contribute. Mm-hmm. On paper, a lot of these guys make a lot of sense around them, but... That's what makes this whole thing so frustrating, too. Yeah, for sure. No, I get it. And this is why you, that's why the management gets paid the Tyler Hero, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for us. I do, I do think, I do think there is a lot of pressure on, on the front office now uh-huh. in terms of what they're going to do at the deadline. But I would like to look at it more as like deadline and the offseason. I just don't know how much yeah. tear down if they're going to go in that direction is actually going to happen at the deadline. Sure. Um, even after Tampa, for example, like mm-hmm. they made, you know, moves to get rid of two long-term Raptors. Obviously, Norm got dealt at the deadline. Mm-hmm. And then Kyle left in free agency on the sign-in trade, right? So, like, you, you know, you, you don't see it all happen at once. I, I think my concern, and I've said this previously on the show, is just, like, I, I do wonder, like, who's going to be around to sort of maintain Raptors culture. Mm-hmm. And this is not to say that, like, we're going to keep Fred just to, like, so he could be the culture figurehead or we keep Pascal because he's there for culture. Like, obviously, it's about production more I than think anything you, else. I think the word maybe but, is more continuity for you then. Just kind of like a carryover from what... No, I just want to know what the Raptors stand for. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, at, at least... Winning. You know, like, that that's what it's supposed to be. Winning and development. That mm-hmm. That's the two mm-hmm. things, right? Development feeding into winning. And the culture of hard work that, that allows for development to happen in the first place and for the Raptors to actually, like, stand for something. 
And for a long time, and, and trust me, I've been a long time Raptor fan. Like I've seen lots of eras <laughs> we, where the Raptors know. weren't like about anything. They were just a team. Yeah. You know, like no, they, they were the Charlotte Hornets. They're just one of thirty teams, and yeah. then like you know, they weren't going to factor into the championship. They didn't really matter. They mm-hmm. they you know they had their own little storylines and stuff like that. But ultimately, it didn't matter. Right. And very much the Raptors are kind of back to that point, and it makes me sad, man. The Raptors were really like the, we were literally on top of the world. You don't want to be irrelevant. You don't want to be irrelevant. Yeah. In this league, and and right now the Raptors are irrelevant. It's like when David Thorpe came on last week, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not really watching the Raptors right now because they don't matter." And it's you know, yeah. what are you supposed to say? So it's like, yeah, for me, it's just like, I still want somebody here to at least like maintain that culture. Right. Yeah. And, and to me, and, and again, that, and you're talking about players. Cause like, obviously there's course, been continuity course. with front office. Right. And we have continuity with Nick nurse now sure, for the, a little the, bit. Nick sitting guys down or, or Masai sitting guys down is probably mm-hmm. a sign of culture. But to be honest, like it doesn't hit the same as you when need, the players, you need the players yeah. especially in this era of NBA basketball. So it's like, yeah, I, I think. To me, that matters to me personally. Obviously, people can be free to disagree. I, I can totally see the case where people's like, let's just get rid of everybody, liquidate everybody, turn it all to future trade picks, and then we just eventually just play the lottery until we get the next guy, and then we build up the whole culture again. But it's mm-hmm. like you're really starting from ground zero again. And the Raptors have been one of the most winning franchises in basketball for the last 10 years. Yeah. And, and, I, and it I just think... sucks to sort of see them like if they want to move away from that or do they want to try to recommit to it. That's a hard decision. It's yeah. not just it's not just trading a player. It's like you're essentially gutting your identity of the team. No, I agree with you. you know what I mean? And I think if you're going, and into, I think the other thing too is just like, are you ready to hand this over to Scotty? Right. Like, are, are you ready to make Scotty like the franchise guy? Right. He's going to everything is going to come down to him. The winning and losing is going to come down to him. Mm-hmm. The all the playmaking is going to come down to him. The defense is all coming down to him. Does it's it's not just a basketball ability thing because I actually really don't doubt that about Scotty. He's got so many natural gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when we're seeing recently where he's been asked to play center, he's been able to adapt his role really quickly. That shows to me like, okay, he's definitely got a lot of skills because he's able to sort of change roles dramatically and still be productive in different roles. But my thing is like, is is a 21-year-old ready for that like in a mentality sense, right? Because it's not just like you're carrying the product on the court. You also have to carry the product off the court to represent the brand, represent the. You're culture. the face of the franchise. You're the gonna, you're gonna now, speak for the team. Yeah, all of that. When teams, when, when you're struggling, it's not gonna be Fred or yeah. Pascal that's gonna be speaking, right? Sure. You gotta sure. be the leader on the court as well. Everything, yeah. right? Yeah, people look to you and all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff, and it's just like, you know, again, I just think that's a lot to put on any 21 year old. It is, right? and, so and again, that's that, why a lot of young teams lose, by the way. As of well. course, and, and you know, look at the Houston Rockets. Look at <laughs> look at Eric. You know what? They need to bring Eric Gordon here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll fix some problems. Um, no, I, I, I'm with you. I think if you go on the Scotty timeline, like you said, I think part of it probably scares you of having to go, kind of go dark for a couple of years, you know, like having to build oh, it back up, right? Yeah. You're going to go young yeah. and all this stuff. And and, and honestly, I mean, look, listen, maybe you have to do that. Maybe you're at a point where like, you don't have enough NBA young players teams, and, and This talent. is what NBA teams cycle through. Yeah, that's true. It's right? ultimately about talent at the end of the day. And that's why you need management to continuously replenish with talent no matter how much you're winning, right? And I thought the Raptors did a great job of that, getting Scotty in the first place. But, you know, right now, clearly it's not working. And, yeah, they have they have some tough decisions to make in the next month or so. Yeah. Do you, I just, yeah. Do you think that, do you think they're going to make, like, multiple moves and really go in a very, like, really choose that direction at the deadline? Or do you think that's more of an offseason? I think one starter is definitely getting traded, maybe two. Okay. This is, this is my prediction right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I... I feel like when you talk about Pascal and OG, like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Every time we talk about OG and you bring up that, like, 
Donovan Mitchell level package. Well, I mean, that is hard to say. That's the go-to to. phrase. Well, man. I'm just worried because you know I saw that John Collins stock drop within seven days. Okay, all right. OG's much better than John. Collins. Yes, I'm aware yeah. of that. Due but, to tampering. Do you you remember when was it when I think when Ben yeah when Ben Simmons was available and Daryl Morey was just asking everyone for like oh yeah four starters. Oh, Why? this is where we got the Keith Pompey. That's where we got the OV OV. Yes, OV. that's right. Like, yeah. yeah, so. I feel like that's going to be the same asking price if anybody wants to start a conversation about Pascal and OG. And um, yeah. I don't, I just don't that's know. That's where it should be. That's what, that's honestly no, where it should no, be. No, that's fair. And if someone actually, you know, is willing to meet that, then of course you, you you make that move. You have to be prudent about it. Yeah, I think the other thing for the front office to, as a criticism too is like I was just thinking back to to just the Tampa season two when they were starting retooling. Obviously, their their main signings in the off season was like Aaron Baines and Alex Len. <laughs> And and what do we throw DeAndre Bembry in there as well? Yeah, sure. sure. Our guy Utah Watanabe. Yeah, he made and, the team on the as no, a and, and, and the center position and and the bench was was like a significant weakness, and it's yeah. it's still the same today, right? Yeah, I think that's a disappointing thing. But I mean, I think to the front office's credit, like or not in in their credit, in their more in their defense, like there weren't that many avenues to improve the team and try to improve those specific areas. Sure, like they didn't have like a ton of cap room. They didn't have a guy that they were really willing to trade to sort of like. I guess they had Norm and Kyle but mm-hmm. but that's know. a different conversation versus like filling out yeah, sure. benches but ultimately yeah. like the direction that he chose to move in was sort of this positionless basketball and of course that does lead to issues where it's like especially when you're trying to learn this position right now or you're mm-hmm. trying to learn how to play in that group you need first off total commitment like first off you're only going to play forwards you need somebody to totally buy into the fact that they're going to like wrestle with centers and seven footers night after night and you're going to mm-hmm. need somebody to like totally buy into the fact that they're guarding a small quicker guard at all times Right, mm-hmm. and they've essentially asked Scotty to do that. And Scotty's as a young player, he's he has bought into that, right? We've seen him sort of do that. Where we've seen OG sort of take on these defensive responsibilities, but it's like where's the, sort of the carrot end as well? Where's the reward end, right? And like you mm-hmm. give him extra shots, but then of course that leads to the offense not being as efficient. That leads to then you're spiraling, and then of course now when you start to lose, things really really come apart. And it's just like yeah, you know what? Honestly, we we kind of you just can't really take winning for granted in in in, in anything really, but especially in Toronto with the, with the, with the Raptors. Because it's like, you know, if we're going to be realistic about it too, the front office always has this like significant, significant um, disadvantage in that they can never sign guys. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, Raptors we, are not afraid. Week, we're just like, hey, Otto Porter's out for the yeah. year. And it's like, that was one of our, that was our marquee signing. Yeah, awesome. Raptors are have never been a free agency player. No. So they have to grow and develop talent. Yes. But then it's like, when you think back, OG was the last guy that they've grown and developed. Oh man, man, mm-hmm. Ito, that was tough. Uh, another, another, just no, but that, but that's why the front office I think deserves you know a lot of credit if you look back in in terms of being able to to thread that needle of fielding a contending yeah. team and having but but we've talked about this too like ever since that Fred Pascal you know Jakob Pertle year and you know Norm was around there OG was like they yeah. ha- there hasn't 20, been a next graduating class 2015 to 2018 the Raptors hit on everything they hit on everything but since then. They just haven't really done that, except for obviously Scotty, which obviously you know he won Rookie of the Year, right? And stuff. But it's like, but then they haven't filled out, they haven't filled prospects. out the rest of the roster, and there's just yeah. all these different. And there's things. precious too. I mean, it's not like they're saying they're all bad, but no, they, they could have done a better. They're job. just not there right now. They're just not there right now, based on the composition of the team. And now, it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Toronto Raptors tip off in nine minutes against the. New York Knicks mm. on the road at Madison Square Garden. The Knicks are on the second half of a back-to-back and favored by two points at home. Fred with the lower back soreness is available to play. 
Will, do the Raptors get back on track this afternoon? Um, again, my general advice is just like with the Raptors, they're they're really up and down, but I I, I don't think so. No, I, th- I think I'm gonna take the Knicks. Um, you know, Julius Randle has, she's he's just been hurting teams like in general, right? He mm-hmm. just had like a forty ball the other night as well, and it's just like yeah, yeah forty one I mean, and fifteen yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know, you would obviously hope that OG could do a better job defensively. You know that OG can guard mm-hmm. uh, pretty much everyone in the league very effectively, but at the same time, the Knicks have won. Um, you know that game when they came down to Toronto and and Fred was a big piece of that game he was the only guy I thought that actually played above his capabilities uh, of course that wasn't enough to win but um, yeah you do wonder obviously Fred's got the bad back and you know if he's playing against a, a red hot you know Jalen Brunson as well like how's that gonna go for you are you gonna win that matchup probably not uh, and then yeah I mean you know the Knicks being at home as well that's always a factor so unfortunately I gotta take the Knicks I mean we can't spend like 47 minutes of the show being like, hey, this is all that's wrong with the Raptors. And then be like, yeah, I'm going to pick the Raptors. You know, I've made that mistake probably 20 times already this season. Yeah, I think if you're looking for another bet for the game too, and you look at the Raptors' road record, and you look right. at their for slow... Five, five road wins, by the way. You look at their slow starts, um, maybe look at taking the Knicks to win the first quarter as well. I think a first quarter that? bet. <laughs> yeah, you can do a lot of things. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, so okay. so may, may, maybe look at that. And a little yeah. parlay. <laughs> one of uh, what a weird schedule this we got. Yeah, five back to back road games. So today and tomorrow they're in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and then they go to Minnesota on Thursday. Mm-hmm. That's a Chris Chris Finch bowl, and then okay. the, oh man, that Celtics man. What do you think that? And then they host the Celtics on on Saturday. That'll be, I believe. The Celtics were Celtics like the first team to really figure out, like, hey, the Raptors are going to give up open corner threes all the time. Let's pass there. And the Celtics are a phenomenal corner three shooting team. <sighs> Just write Grant Williams into the Gerald Henderson Award. You never know. It could, it could be Sam Hauser. It could be Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, and then Luke Cornett with a damn jumping block. That was <laughs> what me. That's me at the pickup run. The oh, other man. The other night, secret location. Yeah, and then they play That's the Knicks again on, on, on Sunday. So oh, five. Fantastic. Five games. It's uh, it's another big week, Will, for the Raptors. It's it's make or break or it's, break or break. Every yeah. single game is a must win, and yeah. they play half the time like they don't have the interest in winning. We, we will all. know in 15 minutes if the Raptors are That's right. showing up for this one. But that was Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. And that does it for us today. I've been your host, Will Lou, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review the show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks again to producer and co-host Alex Wong. Thanks to our board producer, Derek Brandale and Jennifer Rowland for helping with the YouTube stream. And we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.